Wow. Well, before the kids and the, the youth go, I actually want to redefine a little bit. Hold on. When you have a long password, you know, and you have to unlock your computer, that's where I'm at right now. Um, Yes, happy Mother's Day, but I want to redefine the term for this church. Um, not to say that it's not important that you birthed a child. I wish Joey was here today. He would laugh at that. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, the thing that makes a mother, I feel, in the kingdom is a woman of influence who knows that she carries something to offer all generations, and so whether you have naturally birthed a child or not, you are to be honored today. And so I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the women of our church today because the women of our church have influenced my life greatly and have influenced each other's lives and the men of this church. So I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies today. Um, please, would you give yourselves a hand? And the gentlemen in this, in this place. Okay, now the kids and the youth can go wave to all of the women and say happy Mother's Day today. And uh, can, you just, can you just look at your neighbor and just say, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad you decided to come to Life Church today. I am so glad that we have these, this beautiful place that we can come to today. Those of you who are joining us online, we see you. We love you. We're sending our love today. And God is so good. It wouldn't be Mother's Day if I didn't bring, like, a Stanley up here, right? <laughs> Nobody's laughing at that. Come on. <laughs> do, do you guys know the things about Stanleys? They're, it's hilarious. Okay, if you don't know, now you know. All right, well, good morning. Good morning. We are going to be interactive today. So if you came to be quiet, I'm so sorry. That's just not who I am. I love to imagine that we're not just in this big space today. We are, we are in a living room. We're hanging out. We are community. We're coming and we're saying, Lord, teach me because I need to learn something just as much as you all are here to learn something today. And we're going to edify each other in this. So we're going to be interactive today. I love it when people talk back at me. Okay? So, I mean, not... Not in the sense that it's always been, you know, with kids talking back. That's not what I mean. I mean, let's have a conversation today about Jesus and how good he is and how faithful he is and that we actually are breathing and living today. What a gift. What a gift today is. And even if it was a struggle for you to get here today, what a gift it is for you to be here in this place. I have to, um, because it is the living room, I have to get, we have family meetings at my house. I don't know if you do them at your house. I highly recommend them. Family meetings. We actually had one last night um, around the dinner table. Tim actually cooked last night. Oh, I said that kind of rude, like actually cooked. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Tim cooked last night a beautiful meal, and we, we had a family meeting. We had to go over a very hectic week ahead, and we wanted 
we want every opportunity for us to be united and to win and all of that uh, with a crazy week, knowing that that's what we have ahead. Does anybody else have a crazy week ahead? Uh, okay. Yeah. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Um, but I highly recommend family meetings, and we're going to have a little bit of one right now. I have a few things that I want to make sure that I say. And I don't get a lot of opportunity. Well, I always have the opportunity to be behind here. I don't always take it. I'll just be transparent with you on that. But I will be doing so um, all the more because I'm very um, encouraged by the female voices we've been having behind the pulpit um, the last few Sundays. Kristen Esmerly, mind blown, like all the time on her teaching. Oh, my word. Maxie Kamalski last weekend was just such a gift to have here last weekend. Um, and then if you were at the women's event um, on Friday night, SB Briones, I can't, I mean, I could be very intimidated today, but I am choosing not to compare myself. And um, see, I'm learning. Um, but yeah, we're going to do uh, some some family business. So one thing to note um, that I, it's just a marker moment for, for me and for those of you who are a part of this church when it was a church plant. Um, so Life Church before we merged with Lancaster Foursquare Church, which is the church we know today, was born 12 years ago. And like my child just turned 13, so it feels just, it's weird. It's a preteen, I guess. <laughs> So if, if we're awkward, it's okay. Um, it's accepted. Um, but it's, yeah, it was just such a special time. If you were a part of that, um, the memories are still alive and well, and um, we're grateful for that season. But we are also grateful for the church that we are now, which is our church is coming up on 100 years. How old are we now? I'm making you do math. Six, what? 96. So in four years, we're going to have a huge party. So just, just know you're invited now. Um, but uh, there's so much history within this church, and we're grateful to be a part of it. So, all right. Um, the other thing I wanted to make sure that I mentioned was about the women's event that took place on Friday night. If you were here, come on, let's give it up. I, like I said, interaction. Um, I have to just really um, acknowledge uh, Tammy Howell and Espy Briones, um, who I know Espy's watching online. Can we just give it up for these ladies? Make sure you're real loud. They did an incredible job of setting a safe space for us to enter into community. It was so special. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful time, not to mention our environments team, Angie and Jasmine, who like transformed this whole place um, to, to such a beautiful setting. And they even worked hard um, to make it beautiful for you today for Mother's Day. So it does not look the same that it did on Friday night. It transformed again. And I know, Kristen, you helped with that. And I'm just so, so grateful for the people of our church and for the experience that we, get, we got to have on Friday night. It was beautiful. And if you didn't get to attend, that's okay. Don't have FOMO. I promise you there's going to be more. 
Um, and all of us that were there are charged with this, uh, this passion to welcome in all of us into this community of women of Life Church. So I'm just so grateful. But personally, I wanted to just all the more so say how good God is. Um, when, when Tammy and Espy and I met, I had no idea that just a week later, I would be um, starting a, a very personal um, health journey that kind of took me out a little bit. I know I sound silly today. That's not what it's from. Um, but for about a month and a half, I, I did not have the physical ability to really invest more into um, an event to this scale. And I just have to testify the goodness of God that when you feel like you are just completely tapped out physically or emotionally, um, the Lord comes in and he, he says, here, here are gifts represent you. You didn't even have to do it. Like, they were just, they did better than I could have ever done uh, if I put my own personal hands to the thing that that happened on Friday. So I just really want to acknowledge the goodness of God in that. And again, can we just give a thank you to Tammy and Espy and the environments team and the prayer team. You guys are so awesome. I am just really, really grateful for all of you. And I'm telling you that gifts are being activated in this church. If over the last few weeks that you've been sitting in church and you have been feeling this pull of it's time for you and there is a place for you and you have gifts, like you are not the one that's counted out and, and left on the side, like forgotten about. No, God has something for you. He, he needs you to be a part of the team. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And I say need not in that, I mean, obviously God is so powerful and can do all the things, uh, and sometimes we actually get in the way, but he is inviting you to be a part of this kingdom work, and all of you are qualified. So there you go. Okay, good family meeting? Okay, all right. Well, today we're going to continue in our Ephesians series. And I know you were really hoping for, like, Proverbs 31. <laughs> Nobody's laughing at my jokes today. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, maybe next year we'll do Proverbs 31. Um, and if you don't know what Proverbs 31 is, maybe crack it open today and, and exhort it to someone special in your life today. It's a perfect passage for someone to honor today um, for Mother's Day. Um, but we're going to recap a little bit of what we've been going through in the themes from Ephesians. So in chapter 1, Paul was rejoicing that believers are chosen by God. Aren't you so glad that God is the one that chooses us? Oh, I'm so glad that I don't have to come like American Idol or whatever and go through this process to be qualified, to be chosen by God. It is him and him alone. The next chapter, Paul finds, uh, we find Paul actually reminding believers that they are saved by grace, through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
So if you thought you had to work to earn your salvation, I'm here to remind you what we learned in chapter 2. That's not, that's not the way it goes. In chapter 3, he talks about reconciliation among believers and more specifically, um, this cultural and this racial reconciliation between the Jews and the Gentiles. And here Jesus is exalted as the unifying factor. He, he's the one who has broken down a dividing wall of, hus- of hostility between two different groups. And now in chapter 4, Paul writes further about unity and its vital importance. And in this first century, there were so many cultural and, and racial and even religious uh, differences and they needed to come back to the central focus of we have one savior, one savior. So how did these people unite when they had very few commonalities? Which, wow, wouldn't that be the wonder today in our world? How do we unite together when there are so many differences, right? And we're talking about believers. When we have so many differences, even in the faith, how can we come together? Well, a major factor of unity in the body of Christ is for believers to actively put off their old selves, their old values, and from the, the ones that come from the world and embrace our new selves, as Paul writes in Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24. And that's what we're going to find ourselves um, digging into today. And we're going to embrace, just as they did, a spiritual renewal for ourselves that is given by the Holy Spirit that is talked about in this passage. So let's read the scripture together. If you have your Bible, open it up. This is it, this is it for today. <laughs> this is your slide. Um, so download the Bible app, open up your, your paper Bible, and let's get going. Verse 17 says, Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles do, which is interesting because he's talking to Gentiles. But anyway, we'll get there. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and gave themselves to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. Happy Mother's Day. Um, (laughs) Verse 20, but that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and you were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus to take off your former way of life the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we are coming today as students of your word. We don't want to leave this place the same. We want to be transformed. 
We want to be edified by your word today. We want to walk out empowered by what you have invited us into on this journey through faith. So, Lord, I pray for every person listening in this place, every person sensitive to your Holy Spirit, that we would be transformed today by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So up to this point in our Ephesians study, we've been focusing on how Paul's teaching, um, how he's inviting us to live our lives worthy of the calling by God. And Paul now transitions in this section to do like this little compare contrast. Don't live this way, live this way. Kind of a thing which I always enjoy. I like pros and cons lists. I like compare and contrast lists. Anybody else a list person? I love it. I appreciate it. Because I'm like, don't do this, do this. Don't be that, be that. You know, makes it cut and dry for me. Um, but I feel like Paul is kind of, and this is fitting for Mother's Day, I feel like Paul is like this Jewish grandmother sitting on a rocking chair, like inviting us all to the porch to hear from, from him some wisdom. Thank you for laughing, by the way. I appreciate the laughter. <laughs> That's not literally what Paul did, obviously. He was writing in a letter. But I, I always get this imagery, this fun, cozy imagery in my mind when I'm reading the word um, that I don't think is is, you know, off of a good solid theology. I just, I think that this is the heart and the intention of Paul coming and saying, okay, like your Jewish grandmother, come over here. Let's, let's listen in. Let's, let's receive this wisdom that, um, that I'm going to deliver to you today. And we need to remember that Paul was primarily speaking to Ephesian Christians Ephesian Christians, we're not talking about people who were not believers. We're not talking about people who didn't make a decision to follow Jesus. We're talking about Christians who were Gentiles. And they had lived in a culture that was quite opposite of what they were now invited into. It was like almost living in a completely different context. It's as if you were living in a city and you understood city life and then all of a sudden you had to go and be quiet in the countryside, like culture shock, right? It would be completely a different way of living. And it was taught by Jesus and they needed every encouragement that they could get. So if you are a believer, this is what I love too, if you're a believer who really needs that encouragement, Paul is an encourager. I know sometimes it's a little harsh, but he's an encourager, and he understands that that live, trying to live out this life in Jesus is not easy. So if, if you thought it, it was supposed to be easy, and here you are discouraged, go and read a letter from Paul and get some encouragement on your journey with Jesus. And when describing the former ways of the Gentiles um, in, in the first part of this text, I, I would dare say that a lot of this we also today get mixed up into. And the word that he uses is futile. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a word that, I don't know, you would hear in a time period drama. Uh, you know, it's just futile. Um, and futility, it carries this idea of something empty, a void. Not a void, but a void. Emptiness. Gentile thinking had no goal or purpose at all associated with it. 
nothing that transcended their minds, like nothing that went past what was right in front of them. And their orientation to life and attitudes about life were just basically empty. Like, have you ever, I'm not going to say, seen someone float through life, but have you ever floated through life? It's kind of this, like, I'm just trying to get through the day. Uh, It's an aimless purpose. I'm going to go clock in, clock out, and just go home. It's like this empty way of thinking that, that it doesn't feel like there's any purpose attached to it. And all of their pursuits had no end in mind or ult- ultimate purpose. And therefore, they lived in meaningless existence since they had no adequate aim. And their values were futile because they were self-centered. Like, they, if you're not thinking beyond yourself and there's nothing in there to think about, um, everything was just a self-centered kind of living. And because of this empty living, their understanding was darkened, blind, and it led to a callous heart. And I think in this first section of verses, we have this invitation to really consider where are the places that I'm not considering um, have purpose attached to it? Where am I just floating in life? Listen, I had to take this and I had to really examine. There are some ways that I think maybe I'm on the verge of just floating through life because it would be much easier and it would require less responsibility for me if I could just float through life. And in what way has my walk with Jesus been done in a futile way? Has this lack of purpose caused me to miss moments of mission that he has invited me to that are right in front of me? And where has my lack of understanding caused darkness or ignorance of God? And we ask these questions, and Paul urges us to examine our walk. Secondly, what's talked about in here, so we've talked about futility, but I want to also talk about what, what brings us into the place where we are calloused. And these are the things that we are adding in to an emptiness, a void, that are sinful choices that leave us calloused. And yes, I did look up a definition of a callous. Disgusting. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Um, musicians know what this is about. <laughs> Gross. Um, or gymnasts. Should I think of other <laughs> people who have gifts? No. But if you didn't know, a callus is an area of thick skin that forms due to pressure, friction, or irritation. Repeated contact is needed for them to form. Okay, when I really think of the definition of that, it's repetitive of adding in something that doesn't belong and that friction, the irritation, because it doesn't belong there over time creates a callousness of our heart. And to cope with the pressures and the friction and the irritation of our world, what am I allowing into that void that is empty? Is anybody else hearing this today? We have to examine ourselves. That's the first step. Because again, Paul is inviting 
Christian believers to come, examine yourself. It's going to be okay. Jewish grandmother, it's going to be okay. We're going to have a good meal after this, but we got to take care of some business. We got to talk about some things so we can fully examine who we are. And again, I don't think it's necessarily out of evil intention that we have a void or that we invite things in necessarily unless you're doing it knowingly. But if you are new in Christ and you are just empty, you're just like trying to figure out what, like my culture says to just fill up the void, to follow an influencer, right? My culture is just telling me like do something that would make me feel good. Of course, we're just floating through life. But Paul says, come on. Let's get it together. And then we get a sigh of relief when Paul says in verse 20, he says, but. (laughs) But that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Do you remember when you were first exposed to Christ? Like, go back down memory lane. Maybe some of you today, this is your first time being exposed to Christ. Like, you guys are strange. You sing songs, and then you sit down, and you listen to somebody talk. This is really weird, but you got cool decorations, so I'll hang. Um, And that's cool. Welcome. (laughs) Whatever brought you in today, maybe you're just honoring your mama. But maybe today is the first day that you're exposed to Christ. I remember the first time I was exposed to Christ. Will you all go down memory lane with me today? This, like, just filled my heart with such joy when I remembered this. But, um... So I grew up in Ridgecrest, California. Do you guys know where Ridgecrest is? (laughs) Everybody's like, oh. (laughs) It is like even more remote desert than the AV, okay? Um, But they have good pizza and good um, frozen yogurt. Yes, win. (laughs) But that's where I grew up. Um, And on our street... Um, loved my house. I still go there every time I have, we actually go to Ridgecrest sometimes like for a little day away. It's weird. I know it's fine. Lots of memories associated with that, but we lived on this little, in this little house on Porter street and down at the other end of the street was my, was a Sunday school teacher, Kathy Smith. And she made it her mission. I think about the Duicks when I think about Kathy Smith. Um, she made it her mission to reach all the kids on her street. And I knew nothing of the Lord. My parents, God bless them, they were just trying to survive. They were just trying to survive and did not have any spiritual support for the pressures that they were facing in their life. And... um, Kathy Smith would come to our door frequently and just say, hey, anytime you guys want to play, she had a couple of kids of her own, she said, anytime you guys want to come and play, my door is unlocked. And she meant that. There were a few times that my parents didn't even know where I went, and I had just escaped the house and went to Kathy Smith's to play. And Pretty soon, Kathy understood that my, um, our household was on the verge of a divorce. Um, and she started sending the, the church bus to come and pick me and my sisters up to come. And this is another little way that God is just so good and so loving. 
the bus driver who picked me up actually looked like my grandfather, exactly like my grandfather. And my grandfather does not know the Lord, but I just, I, I can see a glimpse of when he does make a decision, that's, my grandpa's going to look like the, the bus driver, full of joy. And the bus driver would pick us up, and we would say, hi, Grandpa. And he would just tell us these really dumb jokes, <laughs> kind of like what I'm sharing with you today. Um, <laughs> and we would laugh, and courtesy laugh. And he was just so loving. Anytime there was VBS, there was anything going on at the church, he would always make a stop at our house. And it was a place of refuge for us. And even though I didn't make a decision for Christ then, I felt the love of God, and I was exposed to Christ and his goodness. And years later, um, my parents did um, divorce, and we moved out here to the AV, which we thought was a super big city. (laughs) It had a mall. (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) um, But when we moved out here, um, we, we had gone through a lot of struggles, me and my sisters, and we didn't have that support system. So if you have that support system, like, or you provide that to somebody else, it's such a gift. It's more than you know. And we didn't have that when we came out here. But very quickly in my high school years, I had a friend who noticed that I was truly not making good choices for my life. Dark choices, very destructive choices for my life. That's right. I did not grow up a pastor's kid. Um, I grew up a very broken young girl who was trying to fill a void in my life, walking aimlessly, trying to fill anything, and I had a calloused heart. Always reminded of what could be because I had the exposure to Christ. But my friend in high school said, I know that this is not what God has for you. This is not the life he promised you. So why don't you come to a youth concert? (laughs) I love how youth evangelize to like their peers. It's so precious. And I said, okay. And I came here. I sat in that back chair. And I watched the most ridiculous display (laughs) on this stage. It was hilarious. Actually, Tim sold me my ticket. That was my first encounter with Tim. (laughs) I'm like, who is this scrawny little boy? (laughs) (laughs) I love you. (laughs) He knows this about himself. It's fine. Um, (laughs) um, But I came in, and I felt so safe, so safe. Like, it didn't matter what was happening in here. I knew that God was here. God was in his people. And it was being shared with me. And so I sat in the back so awkward. I am not an extrovert beyond what you might believe. I am a complete introvert. And um, our our youth pastors at the time were so tender and not trying to push me, like force me to do some weird youth game um, or anything like that. So tender with me and just came over and loved on me and said, we are so glad that you're here. We're glad that you're here. We hope that you feel welcome. We hope that you feel safe. If you have questions, come and let us know. And then at the end, um, they did take a bold step. 
and they invited me to come with them the following weekend to a youth summit that was happening down in Los Angeles. And I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to say yes. And that is where I said yes to Jesus. So I'm telling you, think back. When you were first exposed to Christ, remember those moments when you first felt his love, when you first were reminded that you did not need to live anymore in a void and aimless way. I know you still have questions now on your journey of faith. That's okay. That's okay. We all have questions and we're all in this together, but you are not empty. You, ha- you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> remember that. Remember that time back when you met Jesus. John 8 verse 12 says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We are no longer meant to walk in darkness when we meet Jesus. We are invited into the light. When we come to Christ, darkness no longer rules over us. Hallelujah, right? Come on. Darkness no longer rules over us as it did before, as we allowed it to before. But we do need to root some things out. And God helps us in that. Yes, there is miraculous freedom that comes through surrender to Jesus. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Say all. All unrighteousness. And he is also our new norm for truth. We no longer have to look around for something to hang on to. We need to be taught the truth in Christ. And we have so many people today that are aimlessly living, living their truth. And while I appreciate someone authentically recognizing who they are, if your truth does not align with Christ's truth, you are living in futility. And callousness is sure to find you. Okay? So if you're living your truth and it doesn't align with Christ's truth, it's time to reconstruct. So then we get these three, um, we get these three descriptions that Paul takes us through of what it looks like after we've met Christ, and the first one is to take off. Say take off, not take off, like <laughs> take off, um, but to take off. Verse 22 says, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. This is the first action that Paul describes to us. And when we say yes to Jesus, the taking off of the old way is done. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad? When we choose to follow Jesus, when we correct the direction of where our life is headed, now as a Christian, we... We are new. We, we are, we, the old nature is gone, and now we are a believer. And this is where I'm so thankful for the people who helped to point me in the right direction, that they were honest. Because sometimes when we come to Christ, we get this, like, wishful thinking in our mind that, okay, the old self is put off, so that means I no longer have any issues, 
I'm no longer going to have any problems. I've taken off the old person, and now I am alive in Christ. And that is all true. But we still have a nature about us, a flesh about us that longs, our flesh longs to be fed of our own, like those, those things that can corrupt us. So we say yes and absolutely celebrate when we say yes to Jesus, that our old nature was taken off. But we also, as it says in Galatians 5, 16 through 17, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. There's your answer. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other. Remember pros and cons? These are enemies, the flesh and the spirit. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. And what we see here is the next step of the process. We take off, and then number two is renew. Say renew. Verse 23 says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. I love this word, renewed. Um, this is an inward result of salvation. And this Greek word for renewed is the only place that this occurs in the New Testament. So I like to think that that's pretty special. And what I love is that um, in this, it's a present tense. So that means it's like a constant work. A renewal, a renewal work is constantly happening. It's not that you were renewed, right? I am renewed constantly over and over and over again by the Holy Spirit. A constant work in me. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can be sure when you take this journey with Jesus intentionally, that renewal is already happening. When you're intentional with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is intentional in renewing that work. I love that. It's not like a... <laughs> I get this uh, picture in my mind of the automatic subscriptions that happen. Uh huh. Some of them you don't even remember until you get your bank statement, right? But um, it's not an automatic subscription, automatic renewal. It's this thing that is just like, it's an awareness. I'm following Jesus. I know that the Holy Spirit's at work in me. That's the renewal that work that's happening. And number three, put on. Everybody say put on. And to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. When we say yes to Jesus, we receive a new identity, a true identity. The one that I think originally, he was, he was the one that mapped out for us. And we have that awareness of the identity that he has given us. And Paul is telling us that we, we must now live the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. He, he referenced this life in Ephesians 2.10. The life that he created for us. We must now carry out the good works that God prepared in advance for us to practice. 
I remember um, when I was, we, my family, when I was growing up, we weren't really um, like nature people, okay? We were not nature people at all. Like camping, no, <laughs> no. Maybe a day at the lake, maybe. <laughs> but definitely like a clean part of the lake. I don't know where that is. <laughs> I don't know if that exists. Um, we were not nature people. And so I remember our first experience camping. And this was my, my sweet mom, post-divorce, um, taking us three girls camping <laughs> for the first time. And my mom must have packed an entire section just for cleaning supplies. And we were so excited. We were like, you guys, we're explorers now. We're going to go look at the woods, and we are going to find all the bugs, all the creatures, all the things. We're going to collect leaves, and we're going to, like, leaves, and we're going to, you know, do whatever you do with those. Like, I don't know, look them up or something. We're going to be explorers. And we were super excited. And so we go out, and we're just excited. My mom dressed us in white socks and white shoes and white shirts and sent us off to explore the woods. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and of course, like within the first two minutes, we found mud puddles <laughs> and we explored. <laughs> and we just had a ball. And when we came back, we had, like, this picnic basket full of ladybugs. I don't know. Like, and then we ended up putting them in our tent, and they got everywhere. It was, yeah, it was an experience. Another story for another day. I'm sure there's a sermon in there somewhere for that. Um, <laughs> but we come back so proud of ourselves, and my poor mom was so concerned about us getting dirty or, you know, we're camping, I know. But it's the same thing that I do with my kids now. So concerned about them getting dirty, you know. So she's like, no, no, before you do anything else, you need a bath. And literally, we had been there 20 minutes at this point. So we had our first, you know, change of clothes and all of that. But before my mom um, put, put on fresh socks and shoes, she washed my feet. There was this taking off of what was, like, not going to make my feet feel good. There were rocks. There were twigs inside my shoes and my socks. It was muddy. It was gross. I loved it. But my mom knew that I'd probably have a fun, more fun time walking on socks and shoes that didn't have rocks in them, right? So she sat us on the tail bed of the truck. She took off our shoes, took off our dirty socks, and she washed our feet. And then she put on clean socks. And that is the, that is the picture, you guys. It's not that the Gentiles were necessarily horrible people. They had just been invited into faith. They had just been sent off to explore. They needed a moment where they could come, be refreshed, to take off their old selves, to be invited into a new way of life, have their feet cleaned before they put on new socks, new shoes. There was a moment to take off. There was a moment to be renewed. And there was a moment to put on. And as we kind of come to this wrapping up portion of 
this message, this time together, I want to allow, I want to give us this moment to really think about our lives, right? Because none of, I mean, it's, it's cool that you came to hear me talk. <laughs> but if none of this then is applied to like a personal moment of reflection, then it, you just came to hear me talk. Then you just came to hear, hear me say some words, which I hope they were good. I hope the jokes were a little funny. Um, but um, I want to invite you to this, this opportunity to um, just set your stuff aside. Whatever you've got, maybe it's your phone, maybe it's your Bible, maybe it's your journal, all that stuff. That's all good, but just set it to the side. And let's just think about our life. And think about how the Lord has invited us to come and, and truly sit at his feet today, in Paul's words, but to come and sit at his feet today and say, where are you on this three-step journey, this, these three points that I have to remind you and encourage you in today. Where are you? Are you, are you walking aimlessly? Are you trying to fill a hole? Maybe you didn't even realize you're trying to fill a hole, but it's there and it hurts. And I, I get it. It hurts to have a hole, a void. It hurts to live like as if you're floating through aimlessly. But I'm telling you, Jesus came to give you life abundantly. Jesus came so that you can live on purpose, not the former way of the world saying, just get what you can get, get through the day, push through those different, different things. No, Christ came so that you could have an abundant life. Maybe you're in a process right now where you just need the Holy Spirit to renew you or to be reminded of his renewing work that is ever-present in your life right now because you said yes to Jesus. Invite him. Invite him to, to do that work and ask him. Say, I want to be more aware of what you're doing. I want to be more aware of the places that I've been renewed when I was thinking back to my, my story of meeting, first meeting Jesus, there were a lot of places leading up to that that I was like, wow, I had forgotten. I had forgotten about that, Lord. And I'm grateful. Maybe you just need a moment to just say, I'm grateful for your transforming work, Holy Spirit. And to put on Maybe today is your day to just say, you know what, I'm truly living out this identity. I'm not, I'm not messing around anymore. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to choose to follow the truth, the way that he has invited me to live, and nothing else. I'm not trying to add in any other accessories to the way of life. I want to live to follow Jesus. And I just believe that he invites us to, to do that, to truly take a moment. So what we're going to do is, um, thanks, Elijah, who finished his first year of college. Sorry, I don't mean to distract. We're just so proud of you. 
So proud of him. So proud of this young man. Um, but we're just going to invite you, um, and Elijah's going to play. And this doesn't have to be a weird process. Like, literally, you can come before the Lord and just say, Holy Spirit, show me. Where am I? Where do I need to get into alignment? You know, you take your car to get it aligned. Why can't you bring yourself and get aligned with the Lord today in what he has for you so that you can be put back on the path of purpose? Right? So, Lord, I pray for this church today. Holy Spirit, I believe you're already speaking. I believe that you're already delighting over your your children today. I believe you're already um, just moving upon our hearts, Lord, and we identify the present tense renewing work that you continue to do in our lives, Lord, and we say thank you for that. And Lord, right now we ask you to help us identify areas, Lord, not that we can be better or we can do more. That's not what we're asking for. We're asking for purpose. Purpose. And what does that look like for each person in this room today, right now, on this journey of faith, Lord? Allow us to not take this moment for granted. We want to walk out of this place today, Lord, just with the realization more and more about what you have invited us into and the places where we have felt stuck, Lord. You invite us to get out of that stuck place and you say, nope, the work that I'm doing is renewing. I am in a renewing work in you. And you set our feet back on purpose, Lord, and and tell us to go and to do all of the things and to be all of the things that you've called us to be. So, Lord, as this church takes a few minutes to just reflect, Lord, would you speak? Speak to them today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and reflect for a moment. Um, and then Elijah's going to lead us in singing uh, a chorus today because I do think we need to end on praise today. And so just take this moment to reflect and, um, and process with the Lord today. And ladies, before you leave... Um, just so you know, there is an, an additional point of just encouragement for you on the walls. Um, all of those envelopes, they hold a card that was prayed over for all of you. And I mean all women, okay? Grab one of those today. I just believe that the Lord wants to encourage you as he's done in his word, as he's done through worship, and as he's doing as you head out today as well. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and reflect. Reflect.